Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Kayla. I am so grateful that you are able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. It really is okay. And today we're going to talk about trusting your gut. You have heard it a million times before, but this episode is fascinating because we've realized to understand what ails most of society, we have to understand our gut health. And there is no one better to talk to about this than Dr. Will Cole. He is a leading functional medicine expert who specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicinal approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and more. He is the New York Times bestselling author of Intuitive Fasting and now has a new book out called Gut Feelings, Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship Between What You Eat and how you feel. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Here's my conversation with Dr. Will Cole. 
Hey guys, I am here with Dr. Will Cole. I am so excited that you're here today. I want to jump right in. There's so much to talk about. We're going to talk about the gut because the truth is the gut does not get enough attention. You know, we talk all the time. You and I both have podcasts, right? We talk all the time and we talk a lot about our hearts and following our heart and what's our heart saying. And we talk a lot about our heads, you know, controlling our thoughts and our brain power. But the gut is left out a lot and you're changing the game on that. So why has the gut been ignored for so long and why is it an important part of the conversation? You know, it's the origins of so much of it, right? It's and somehow our ancestors knew it, and we say it in our in in these cliches. But there's truth to it when we say things like gut instinct, and I just feel it in my gut, and I've gut feelings, and I have butterflies in my stomach. Where do these sayings come from? Now research is really catching up with antiquity that the majority of how we feel the way, why we feel the way that we do, our mood, our emotions, our in intuition, a lot of it is, our, is from our gut, has gut-centric origins. And now we, we know the mechanisms in the latest research of how the gut and its influence on inflammation and how this, there's a whole field of research called the, the cytokine model of cognitive function. Cytokines are pro-inflammatory cells. So it's research looking at how does inflammation impact our mood? How does in, inflammation impact our, our health, specifically with our brain health? But then also the, 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 the fact that the gut and brain are formed from the same fetal tissue. So, I mean, 95% of serotonin is made in the gut. 50% of dopamine is made in the gut. When you talk about our happy, mood-altering pleasure neurotransmitters, and they work upon the vagus nerve. They work on GM motility and this master regulator of our nervous system, which is the vagus nerve, the largest cranial nerve in the body. That's just scraping the surface. I mean, there's so there's far-reaching implications to the gut's influence on our mood and our intuition. Oh, I when I was researching this, I came across you saying that, that the gut and the brain are made from the same fetal tissue. I I had my jaw was on the floor. I had no idea. And that just explains so much. And I do want to ask for a second about the vagus nerve, because I've heard you discuss this so much. And it seems to be something that is coming up a lot more now. What is it exactly? I even have an oil that is supposed to be rubbed on the vagus nerve. And I had to look up, well, where is the vagus nerve? I don't even know where it is <laughs> where on the am body. I rubbing it? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's the largest cranial nerve in the body and it's, it's connecting the gut and the brain. So I, I don't know exactly where they want you to rub. Maybe on your neck is probably where they would. Yeah. The, uh, the, it's inside the body, obviously, and it's connecting the gut and the brain. And it has to do with our autonomic nervous system. And we have the sympathetic branch, we have the parasympathetic, the sympathetic is known as the fight or flight, flee response, the parasympathetic is the resting, digesting, the gut sort of component to it. And we have the enteric nervous system too. But mo most people in the West, we have what researchers refer to as poor vagal tone or low vagal tone, which is a, and that's why you'll see a lot of conversations and a lot of researchers talking about what are ways we can do, what are things we can do to support our vagus nerve or support vagal tone, which, you know, maybe that essential oil blend is, has been shown to support nervous system regulation and parasympathetic support. And that's really what a lot of my work with our telehealth patients are 
really geared towards nervous system regulation, which in turn not only makes you more feel more grounded, more energetic, more emotionally balanced, but also you feel it can impact so many different systems in the body because we have what's called the hypothalamic pituitary endocrine axis, the adrenal glands, the thyroid, the ovary glands. So hormonally, we can we will feel more balanced whenever the nervous system is regulated as well. You talked about inflammation. And what I love so much about your website is you have a quiz that helps us understand your, your I see you laughing. <laughs> yeah. People love quizzes. People love quizzes. I don't know what Listen, it, is, but... it takes me back to my 13 year old self when I'm reading <laughs> magazines and I'm reading maybe 17 <laughs> magazine or whatever. And it's helping yes, me. It's that's what it is. The truth is it bring it's the first time I realized that I had control over helping myself and taking a quiz made me understand on a scale of where I stand. And so I I think that may be why people enjoy quizzes so much. I don't know. That's why I do. But I did. I loved on your website. Guys, his website is drwillcole.com. You also have it in your book, Gut Feelings, How to Heal the Fuel-Shamed Relationship Between What You Eat and How You Feel. But I have to, I'm so proud of my score. I have to tell you. So Okay, we need to go through this quiz. It's called shameflammation. And it helps us under, it's a new word for me, but once I read it, I started to understand it. It talks about the emotional component of our health and how it sort of gets left behind, right? And this is a quiz helping us understand how our our emotions and our eating habits and how they're combined. And the score is out of 100, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Dr. Will Cole, I scored a 20. I was so, and I was really honest with myself too, because I wanted to talk to you about this. And I thought, okay, even if I'm a 90 out of a hundred, I want to figure this out. I was a 20. I mean, I'm really impressed. So yeah, the, the, on this score for this quiz and just for any quiz that we have on the website, we had, I had just adapted, I adapt them from questions that I ask patients at the telehealth center. I, I never heard it said before it was I think you're on to something with the magazines because like w- girl, women in general as growing up, the, no, I'm gen- overgeneralizing here. I apologize. But the, you're right. It was like in of a certain time, magazines had the quizzes that now I'm just thinking of all my friends growing up and they would talk about these quizzes. I never saw them myself. I wasn't in on the club to take one of these quizzes in the magazine. But that might be what it is. But it's it's a mindfulness, right? It's like it lets introspection check in with your health. It's like a N of one experiment in a way of checking in. That's my goal when I make the quizzes is really for people to learn about their health, to have a lot of aha moments and think, oh, wow, because so many people just because it's their everyday, they settle for it. And then I see a lot of people have these aha moments when they're taking the quiz and said, oh, they say things to me like, I thought that was so normal, but it was just I didn't realize it was a sign that my body was telling me that these things were off. The shameflammation is just, it's a concept that I talk about with our telehealth patients. I talk about in the book too, and gut feelings of how do our emotions impact our biochemistry, how, how things like unresolved trauma and stress can be literally stored in our body and influence our health. But great job. No. Oh, well, it, it's true about the the quizzes because it is like the first form of self-help, I think, as a teenager. But if you think about food in regards to emotion, think about anytime you go somewhere for a funeral, everyone brings all their big, you know, favorite dishes and it's it's comfort. And it is something that people, you know, if you're going through a breakup, you either eat a ton or you eat nothing. I mean, there's so many our emotions fuel what we our decisions that we make. And the quiz asked me how addicted I was to my phone. And I thought that was such an interesting 
question to ask because that's not necessarily how does that correlate with our our shame and inflammation and understanding our our relationship to food Mm -hmm. well it's looking at dopamine and distraction there and people tend to be more stressed when they want to get have a form of escapism which is extremely ubiquitous in our world today that sort of subconscious knee-jerk reaction to kind of go to the phone whenever we're bored or whenever we're stressed or whenever we want to whatever get that that dopamine hit that's really what that question on that quiz is geared towards because there's a lot of subtle manifestations of what I call shameflation and chronic stress is one of them. Unresolved trauma would be the other one. And that's sort of the other aspect of that quiz. But chronic stress is one that many people find themselves in, right, to varying degrees, but they're going for the foods that don't love them back because it's kind of quick and convenient and they're stress eating maybe. And it's that's the quick dopamine hit for them. For some people, for a lot of us, it's, it is our relationship with technology and maybe not having the best healthy boundaries with technology and how we utilize it, right? And there's no shame in that. I don't want people to have shame about the quiz about shame inflammation, but it's just raising awareness and a mindfulness of a, a experience of saying, how, how am I interacting with the present moment? And am I doing things to sort of numb and distract and to uh, not deal with the, the issues at hand? Yeah, there are many times I'll go on my phone to check my email and then I'll somehow wind up on Instagram and it's terrifying. And I wonder how many minutes have gone by and I don't even know where I just was. And it's, it's really hard. It's, it's welcome to the club. I mean, Uh, me too. It's so many of us. It's, it's brilliantly geared towards sucking us in. Does food give us a dopamine hit? It can, it can, certainly it can. I mean, in many different ways, there's Sugar will will definitely do that. But sugar, refined carbohydrates, which break down into sugar, def- a top of the list for sure. Alcohol is up there for people. But these sort of highly palatable foods, what some people in the food space, in the wellness space, in the research space will call designer foods, these foods that keep you coming back for more. They're designed to be highly the eliciting uh, parts of the brain that have to do with oxytocin and dopamine. Wait, uh, okay. So designer foods is what we were just talking about. So that's like, is ca- is caffeine in that? It probably could be blended in certain things. Like you think of the co- the the, uh, the uh, frappuccino, I think would be a good des- designer food that ha- caffeine's part of that mix, right? <laughs> of something that's stimulating. It's a neurotropic. So it's kind of fo- increasing focus for a, a while. So yeah, it can be. I, I think the most common ingredients are going to be some form of refined sugar in the absence of fiber. It's not in its whole food form and car- some carbs aspect. To it. My biggest fear was that you would tell me today that I can't have any caffeine uh, because I am. <laughs> that was one of the questions on the quiz about caffeine. And I have a 10 month old baby and I'm not sleeping, obviously, as well. And a three year old. So caffeine is something that keeps me going throughout the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's your life support right now. It's my life support. <laughs> I wish I wish that it wasn't. But I definitely need I mean, I think I drink maybe four shots of espresso a day, which is a lot. So is that something you're going to tell me I need to stop? Not at all. No, I've been there. My kids are a little older now. I remember when you're in the thick of it, you just have to, it's no shame in that. I, I have that about, I probably have 
a little bit too much caffeine than I would recommend to patients. And I'll be honest, I just do. But I enjoy it. It's like the ritual of it. And I'll have my afternoon coffee. There's no shame in that. There are like a lot, there's a lot of bioindividuality with that. There's a set of genetic variants that we look at. It impacts detoxification. And this one gene is called the CYP1A2 gene, which is just, it looks like a Star Trek, a Star Wars, but it is a gene that impacts metabolism of caffeine. So people can be slower metabolizers or fast metabolizers of caffeine. So some people feel jittery and feel anxious and feel miserable with caffeine. I feel great with so caffeine. Do yeah, so so like, do I. It's my superpower. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And we're back. Well, one of the things I love so much about you is you 
always say that you don't have to eat like a boring rabbit to eat healthy. And I think a lot of times people who maybe weren't brought up eating healthy, who maybe don't have access to necessarily a Erwan type grocery store. God forbid. <laughs> no, no, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's really, I think, difficult to eat healthy sometimes, or it can be, and it can be perceived as you just got to have a giant, you know, piece of broccoli for lunch to be healthy. So for people who have grown up with that mindset, you know, is what advice can you give them so that they can take small steps to start eating healthy and to start to kind of just because I do think there's something about once you make the decision to eat healthy, you're doing something kind for yourself and then you are nicer to yourself and it starts the day off right and mentally you feel better and emotionally you feel better and it's something so small, just making that decision is a win in and of itself. Oh, Yeah. And that's the paradigm shift I want people to have for themselves. I call it in the book food peace. I want them to have this sort of peace when it comes to food, this freedom when it comes about when it comes to food. It's not about a list of do's or don'ts. Like I say in gut feelings, they eat whatever you want, but I want you, you, you to use meals as a medicine, but also as a meditation and just get inquisitive and curious about how foods make you feel because so many people are detached from that connection, how I eat, and then how does that meal that I eat impact how I feel? And when you eat more mindfully, you may discover, well, okay, I, I really, that food made me feel bloated or fatigued, or I didn't feel, I've kind of inflamed afterwards, but maybe it was socializing with your friends and family and like having that meal was worth it. And then to eat that food and move on, shame is worse than any food could ever be. But then on the flip side, you may eat mindfully and eat as um, use your meal as a meditation and discover, no, it really was not worth it for me. I never made the connection between what I ate and how I felt. And you'll grow an awareness for next time. Like you like feeling great more than you thought you wanted that meal, or you may have less of it next time because you know kind of that wiggle room that you have. So that's the first sort of uh, paradigm shift that I want people to have for themselves is to really be their own end of one experiment. And there's a lot of bio-individuality with these topics because what works for one person, even healthy foods, what works for one person may not work work right for you. And this is ever evolving as well. There are some things that are quote unquote healthy that may not work for you today, but that doesn't mean that it will always be the case because of the impact of you know your microbiome changing, your health changing, your health status changing based on a lot of different variables like stress and sleep and having an infant and a three-year-old. Like the, Things will shift over time. So it's okay to evolve. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to explore what foods your body loves and what foods your body doesn't love right now. Um, so I don't know. I think that's the first sort of foundational paradigm shift that I would I would want everybody to explore for themselves. And there are some foods that don't really love most humans back. Um, there's a lot of, again, nuance with this too, but what I call the inflammatory core four, four food additives or food ingredients that I, for the most part, people don't do well with eating lots of them at least. That's going to be gluten-containing grains like wheat, rye, barley, spelt, specifically wheat, industrial seed oils, like canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil. And it's really the overconsumption of them and the fact that most Americans don't have enough of omega-3, omega-3 long-chain omega-3 fatty acids. So they're 
what are these polyunsaturated fatty acids? The ratios are just out of balance and it can be a, a encouraging a pro-inflammatory state, which inflammation is the commonality between all of these health problems that we're facing as a society. And then looking at added sugar, which we talked about earlier, and then conventional dairy, like your typical dairy and overconsumption of that. There are better for you versions of all the things I just said, but for the sake of simplicity, that's what I would look at as saying, okay, what can I how are these impacting how I feel? Some people can have a certain level of them and they're fine. If I had to add a plus one to that inflammatory core four, it would be alcohol. And then focus on foods that love you back. I mean, like I said, like you don't have to eat like a rabbit to be healthy. There's a lot of really good foods that will love you back. And you don't have to be an aficionado when it comes to these things. You mentioned like not living near an air one. Like I live in Western Pennsylvania, which is not the same as Venice Beach or Beverly Hills, hate to tell you, it's not the same. So I, I can get everything that I recommend to our telehealth patients. I can get it, get it at Aldi and Costco and Walmart and Target or buy it online at you know Thrive Market or something like that. You don't have to live next to the bougie health, which by the way, I love the bougie health food store too. Air One is like, I, I, it's my my uh, happy place when I'm in LA. But, but you know, it's a $20 smoothie sometimes. You know, it's one of those things. So. And, and that's so nice to know that it's readily now in our world, they, these ingredients and these health foods are available for everyone. And so, you know, even just switching out, you know, uh, I guess what what is the easiest sort of switch? Less sugar. Yeah. So I would. No alcohol. Yeah, right. We're going to lose friends there, but it's a neurotoxin. There's no way around it. There's no healthy amount of alcohol. I think people should just have informed consumption of these things. And if they want to have it, have it, but be mindful that it is an underlying saboteur to not just the hangover, which everybody knows that, but it's what is the long-term cumulative effect on my digestion, on my brain function, on my energy levels, on my hormone health, on my inflammation levels, and my liver health. That's what I'm talking about here, not just the obvious hangover. How do you feel about probiotics and prebiotics? Is that something that you feel works? I mean, a lot of people use them and love them. Other people take them and think, I don't really notice a difference. I've started to take them. I have I have yet to notice a difference, but I am feeling good and my energy is up. So I'm wondering what your take is on that. I would think in the supplement form, they can be fine, right? I mean, they can be a supportive tool. I think that my mind, when you ask me that question, my mind goes to first food. I think that food is primary there in providing both prebiotics and probiotics. And pre by prebiotics, I mean fiber-rich foods. I mean, fiber is a prebiotic. So focusing on lots of fruits and vegetables. If you had digestive problems, starting with cooked, uh, soft cooked foods, like cooked soups and stews is what I, how I would get predominantly my fiber. And even cooked fruits for some of our patients, we recommend sort of a compote, kind of an inside of a pie without the pie, but you're still getting fiber, you're still getting the polyphenols, the antioxidants, but you're getting in a more GI gut friendly form of it. And then I talk about this in gut feelings, but then if you don't have digestive problems and any variety of plant, you know, fiber-rich vegetable is prebiotic, which is food for your gut microbiome. Your microbiome is all the trillions of bacteria in our gut. It's depending on the study that you look at, it's upwards of 100 trillion bacteria. To put that into perspective, we have about like 10 to 30, like we have 
small percent of, but let's just say 30 trillion human cells. So we are significantly more bacteria than human as, as humans, sort of a sophisticated host for this microbiome. Well, the prebiotics, the fiber is actually fuel for the microbiome, which ferments that fiber, ferments that prebiotic and produce what are called short chain fatty acids, which are bacterial end products of bacterial fermentation. The main one is called butyrate, which is great for the brain. It's great for our mood. It's great for our immune system. So I would start there. But if you want to supplement with prebiotics, yeah, like adding extra like psyllium husk is a great prebiotic fiber that's wonderful, has a lot of research around it. I take every day. I'm very inexpensive as well. Probiotics, I would get it, I would predominantly get it in the form of fermented foods, like a sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, kvass, uh, kefirs, things like that can be wonderful. But supplementing can be great too, because maybe you're not having the fermented foods as much, then a probiotic supplement can be a beneficial tool. Can you take us through what a normal, what your daily meals would look like? Just for an example, for someone listening, that's like, I'm really excited about this. It's also very overwhelming. How do I start simple? What is a good breakfast, lunch, dinner? Do you follow the three meal a day? What What is it that you do? I will, I have to say during the week, I mainly, I, I'm not cutting calories ever, but I'm, I have a, let's just say a tighter eating window during the work week. I consult patients at the telehealth center 10 hours a day here. So it's intuitively, I, 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 not hungry when I first wake up. I'll break my fast around lunchtime. I'm not like gritting my teeth to get through the day, but I'll break my fast around 1130 to noon, nothing too late. And I, you know, I'll have about a seven hour eating window. So nothing, maybe a 17 hour fast, nothing crazy. And, but I'm not, I'm just getting enough adequate calories within that seven hour window. Then if I want to have breakfast, I will. I typically would do that on the weekend. So for breakfast, I will have lots of eggs. I, I love like fried eggs, something easy. It takes me like 10 minutes to make it. Sauteed vegetables, maybe like sweet potatoes with some onions and peppers and just lots of plant foods that sauteed with the fried eggs, frying it in avocado oil or ghee. Or, and for lunch, I like today I did this ground beef with lots of vegetables in it, some beans as well. I, I, I had some coconut yogurt with on the side and I had, have you ever had Zevia before? No, what's that? I've never even heard of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a stevia sweetened soda that's so good. And, you know, it's not a health food by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like it's sweetened with stevia. It's a better for you alternative. Let's call it that. And I, I probably drink two. Here, here's a can of it actually right now. This is not sponsored by Steve. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely seen that before. Yes. Okay. Right. I mean, they're at Target. They're at they're at, like at any regular grocery store. So I'll have that. And then for dinner, I'll have like some sort of fish with lots of vegetables as well, maybe some rice. So I, there's really nothing I'm restricting. I'm just kind of eating adequate calories around. I'm eating until satiety within that eating window, but it's nothing too restrictive or arduous. And it's second nature to me. Yeah, that's amazing. That feels very doable. So thank you for taking us through that. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back. I have heard you talk a lot about somatic practices, and that's not something I know a lot about, but it does seem like something that you think is a great form of self-care. Can you take us through that? Yeah, sure. Framing this conversation with our patients, and a lot of my work is really educating and showing people how mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. And our body is a cellular library and our thoughts, our words, emotions, our experiences are the books that fill up that library that influences our biochemistry. But that's why I call the book Gut Feelings because there's the physiological, the gut side of things and impacting our emotions, things like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue, how things like underlying gut problems and nutrient deficiencies and hormonal imbalances. And I deal a lot with like mold toxicity, chronic Lyme disease, what we call biotoxin problems, how those things impact our mood. But then conversely, how things like stress and trauma and the feelings stuff of gut feelings will impact our biochemistry, things like inflammation levels, triggering autoimmune problems, and are implicated in a whole host of different you know, other health issues like metabolic issues and obviously mental health issues. So we have to look at both and, not either or, the gut and the feelings, the, the physiological and the psychological. So somatic practices are things that we implement into patient protocols at the telehealth center here to really metabolize stored trauma. Things People that are stuck in a hypervigilant, chronic inflammatory state, how can we use the feeling side of this conversation to calm the neuroimmunoendocrine system, meaning the, the intersection between the nervous system, the immune system, i.e. chronic inflammation, and the endocrine system, i.e. hormones. So when you have neuroimmunoendocrine dysregulation, you're going to see people stuck in that fight or flight stress state. 
You're going to see high cortisol levels because that's a stress hormone that's also an anti-inflammatory. You're going to see high inflammation markers. You're going to see this confluence of factors when somebody's stuck in that dysregulated state. So one tool within the toolbox is a set of practices that are considered somatic practices, which can be something like yoga, tai chi, would be considered somatic practices, which most people know those. Massage can be a somatic practice, like stretching, dancing, drumming can be somatic practices. So there's a lot of what the commonality between all of them is just movement as medicine, really, and touch as medicine in some cases. So it's a way to cathartically clear stored trauma in the body. But I give some I give some uh, examples in gut feelings that you can do on your own. You don't have to go to a, a class for them. It's so funny that you mentioned drumming because that's definitely I've never heard drumming as a reference to a somatic practice. But my daughter had a drum circle in honor of Earth Day at her preschool. And I thought it was really lovely. And she came home a different person. She can I I could see that doing that and being surrounded by other people and doing that somatic practice really set her mentally in a wonderful place. So it's just interesting you mentioned that because we just went through that on Friday and I thought, wow, it seemed to really make a big significant difference for her it is yeah you'll see more of those cropping up and there's something so primal something so ancestral about it that humans would have done this for a long long time that there's that the community the the somatic aspect of drumming the 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 music as medicine too there's so many layers to why uh, multi-pronged layers as to why drumming specifically is so healing and it's somatic but it's also music and it's also community wow oh that's so great on your podcast the art of being well you come from a place of using self-care as a form of self-respect. And I just love that saying so much. And I just love the way you label this because I think the term self-care can be overused, sometimes be followed by an eye roll of some sorts. But this highlights the importance of truly caring for yourself and being in tune with what you really need. And I think we all get so caught up in the latest craze or cleanse and we don't stop to ask ourselves what's really going on. And that's what you do. So talk to us a little bit about your podcast What made you want to start it? I mean, you clearly are so well-versed and have been discussing this for so long and have multiple books out. But do you have any favorite episodes or ones that you want our listeners to tune into? Yeah, well, thank you so much. I... My day job, as I keep saying through this conversation, it's it's running the telehealth center. So that's where I record 99% of the episodes are just in between consulting patients. I'll be like looking at labs for patients. And then <laughs> I have a, a episode peppered throughout the, the week. And we kind of... But we don't share lab results with our on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Unless they want to share it. Some of my guests are patients and they want to talk about oh, it. Cool. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do get that information. And we do have some of our telehealth patients on at the end of the uh, some episodes too, sharing their journey. Because hearing stories, talking about metabolizing trauma and metabolizing, hearing other people's story of people that were up against seemingly impossible things, difficult, complex health issues is gives people a lot of hope. There's a book kind of that I talk about in the podcast a lot. I didn't write it, but it's called the the other side of impossible. I think that is the name of it. And that's how many of our patients see themselves on the, when they were, were first meeting them. Like this seems impossible. I'm going through this autoimmune problem. I'm going through this digestive problem, this brain health issue to get 
hearing people's journey, this non-linear healing journey is hugely, that's why I do the podcast mainly is to show people and giving people choice when it comes to their healthcare and having people, even if they don't reach out to the health telehealth center, they can hear other people's experiences and hopefully be inspired to learn about different aspects within wellness. So every episode I, I say, oh, this is like the best episode. And then I have another one. And it's like, there's all these bests. I feel and I the can't, same. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like picking a favorite kid. I can't do right. it. So I don't know. There's so many. Like, there's so many. There are, there's so many experts in their field that I, I get so excited about. The one that like got everybody like freaked hyperventilating about was one <laughs> recently with, my, with Gwyneth Paltrow, where things were taken out of context. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was like, people said, oh, she's just drinking broth and starving herself. And there was so oh, much bone broth. I did see that clip on TikTok. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, so, go ahead. Sorry. So yeah, no, that's that was a thing for a moment. But that was such a, a, a commentary on our culture today where people get things taken out of context and no, like get their news from clips and not full context. But the conversation. So for those listening, I just want to. It was a there was a small clip on TikTok that Dr. Wilkel is now saying was taken out of context. But it's a tiny clip of her saying that she drinks bone broth. Now listen, that was just part of a conversation, right? Is what you're saying. And many people can. I've had bone broth before. I love it. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I think it's very nurturing. And I also think that when you've just had kids, it, they say to drink bone broth as well. Like something warm and comforting is great. But are you saying it was taken out of context? Well, yeah, it was just a clip. I mean, that's why you you know, you run the podcast, so you know that clips are like showing people, hey, these are some of the things we talked about. And it's an hour long conversation. But you asked me my favorite episode. That was one of my most recent favorite episodes, only because we talked about so many interesting things. And she led such an interesting life. And and her wellness routine, I, and that was fascinating. But also the height of irony is that we were talking about this keyboard warrior culture that on social media where the very thing that we were talking about in the episode happened from that episode that people were freaking out about about really nothing that Nothing well, and burger. things are clickbait now. So listen, like yeah. that's what happens. But well, good. Then let's encourage the listeners to listen to the full episode. Yeah, the irony does not escape us in that at all. What do you think has been the single most significant change you have seen in your clients throughout the years? Oh, there's so many. I, it's I, They are the most amazing people. It is a sacred responsibility for me to be a part of their health journey. It, it never gets old. When I start the, our, we start our morning off, we do a, as a team, a telehealth team, we do prayer, meditation, we go over case reviews, just so we're corporately kind of connected as a team to provide and hold space for these people that are going through serious things. But the getting to hear the stories on a daily basis of people overcoming really difficult health issues. We're dealing with chronic fatigue syndrome and these quote unquote mystery illnesses reclaim their health and labs improve. It's the most positive thing. There's some like such a positive place to be at that people, these are not quick fix issues. I don't want to oversimplify it. These are journeys for sure. But I mean, I, I there are literal hundreds, hundreds of people that have just the ones that are that want to share publicly their journey. They can go to drwillcole.com. Just go to the, uh, I think it's on the consult, become a patient page. It's on the consultation, become a patient page. They can see hundreds. And those are the people that just want to share their journey. And then we 
like I said, I talked to many of them on the podcast. There are thousands and thousands more that are like, I love you, but I don't want to put my stuff on online. That It's just so cool. I mean, people that are dealing with fatigue not have it anymore. People that have anxiety not have it anymore. People that have brain fog not have it anymore. People that have digestive problems not have those problems anymore. I can go on and on. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so mm. many cool things I get to see. What rewarding work to do every day, truly. So I'm really grateful you took time away from that rewarding work to share all your tips with us. I do have one final question just personally, because you talk a lot about high stress level and I feel like I operate at that. Is there any tip you can give me that I could implement to just try to not operate on such a, not to ha- to not have this high stress level be the norm, because I know I'm not alone in that. I, I talk to all my friends. So many of us operate and are used to operating at a high stress level. And it has become the social norm now. And that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, you're, it is very normal, whether you're a parent or not a parent. Certainly that's ubiquitous. But I would say it's cer- extra the case for working moms, people, like moms that are working outside of the home, I think there's an added level of pressure that's just like men don't have to think about the same things that women just culturally have to figure out when or or, or talk about or think about. So I, I don't know. I, this is probably so trite to even say this, but I and it's easier said than done. I I, I mean this with the, all a sense of gravity that it deserves. But it's just, I remember when my kids were three and an infant. And it's just, you know, that cliche that says the days are long, but the years are short. Like that is, you're in the thick of it right now. So as a, someone that has a 16 and a 13-year-old, I think that is really true. The days are long and you just but it passes by. It is like a raging rapids that you look back and you're like, how are my babies? Um, how's my baby a man child right now? Right. <laughs> how's, how's he driving? Behind like, a what vehicle, the, right? <laughs> yeah. How's he behind a vehicle? I was just changing his diaper. Right. So I would say soak it in, be easy on yourself yeah. and just realize you don't have to like you loving your baby and, and and holding space for them and being present with them is all you really need to do. Like it's, it, you're never going to get this time back. So I would just say, soak it in and be easy on yourself. Show yourself grace because I think sometimes the, I have to do all the things and I'm not doing enough and comparing yourself to other people, especially with social media. Right. It just adds a level of like, I'm not enough right now because you're not able to maybe do all the things. You're not supposed to be doing all the things. So that's something I talk about in the book. It's JOMO. It's the joy of missing out. And it's the oh. antithesis to FOMO culture. And new parents definitely need to get in on the JOMO because FOMO messes up our life. Oh, I love that. I've yet to hear that term. Thank you. I, I am so grateful that you just said that because that will be my new mantra. I'm, I'm serious. Thank you for that advice. And I'm so grateful to have had you on today. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Gosh, I, I cannot even tell you how much I loved talking to Dr. Will Cole. He is a fantastic human. He's got this energy about him that is kind and open. And I'm so grateful for all of his advice. He's filled with just so much knowledge about our gut health. And I'm really appreciative and grateful. And I think, you know, he gave us so much 
to implement. And there are so many times that I feel like I want to eat healthy, but I'm not quite sure what that is or what that means. And so for him to take us through what he ate for breakfast, what he ate for lunch, what he ate for dinner, it's a simple how to. And tonight now I feel like, okay, good. I'm going to make a fish with some roasted vegetables and maybe throw in some rice. And that's something that the whole family will love. And I'll know I'm eating healthy and I'll be grateful I've made that decision. So I hope you guys took as much from this episode as I did. And we have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And advertising partnership with Acast.